Hello, everyone, and inside today's Prospect Heavy Locked On Canadians, Owen Beck has been traded, the Habs prospect at World Juniors, and more injury news from the Laval Rocket inside today's show. You are Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 988 of Locked On Canadians. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use code Locked On for $20 off your first purchase at Game Time. We are your daily Montreal Canadiens podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where you get your team every single day of the week, wherever you listen to your daily podcast, whether that be on Google, Apple, Spotify, or if you're watching our shining faces on youtube.com as well. You could subscribe there, tell all your friends. We are, of course, Lockdown Canadians. I am one of your hosts. I am Scott Matlin. I'm joined, as always, by the active stick, Laura Saba. And Laura, this is an episode that I'm very excited about because I get to gloat a little bit in one of the segments here. But also, we're going prospect heavy today for this while the Canadians have a couple of days off. And we have time to kind of recoup uh, what has been a pretty busy about a week for Habs prospects around the globe, to be quite honest. Uh, there's been highs. There's been lows. There's been a lot of fun. Uh, there's been some not so fun on my end a little bit. Um, I respect the fact that you've waited until, um, you haven't even brought it up yet. We're one minute and 50 seconds into the episode and you still have not gloated. Um, but at the same time for me, that was an up that was exciting. And I know we're going to be talking about, uh, prospects in the world juniors a little bit later, but it has, there's been a lot of excitement over the last week or so, and we're going to bring it all up and, and, and wrap it up in a tiny little ribbon. Yes. Or big ribbon, big ribbon. Yes. Tiny ribbon, big ribbon. Well, Lane Hudson's involved, so maybe a smaller ribbon. Well, he's got that dog in him, so we need a <laughs> ribbon. But uh, the biggest thing is here uh, going into this is that I want to start with Owen Beck because Owen Beck has been traded in the OHL. So before everybody, you know, starts ripping their hair out and everything, uh, we're trying to reach out to a guest who covers the OHL specifically and has information about, you know, what does this mean? The team that he's going to and some of the players that are around there. Uh, the biggest thing, him. yeah, and that's the thing is we're, we're going to do our best with that as well from the information that we have available. Obviously, there are experts that have a further insight into this that if we can even get their thoughts on this, it's always an important thing. But the biggest thing is Owen Beck has been traded from the Peterborough Peets in the OHL where he was traded last year from Mississauga to Peterborough for a team that was trying to make a run to uh, the OHL title and a Memorial Cup berth to the Saginaw Spirit. And Saginaw is hosting the Memorial Cup this year. So Lane Hudson, or Lane Hudson, wow, that's <laughs> that's a slip there. Uh, Owen Beck is going to Saginaw. He will be playing in the Memorial uh, Cup. In the Memorial Cup. Assuming he's healthy. Yes. And I have no reason to believe that he wouldn't be here. And the thing about this is that everyone who is hoping that when Peterborough season potentially ended early because Peterborough was kind of a middling OHL team could go out in the first round of the OHL playoffs and that he would go to Montreal or to Laval to play, start playing some games there. That's not going to be likely. I haven't, uh, Memorial cup 2024. I want to look up the date. This starts the 2024 Memorial cup starts Friday, May 24th. 
I am pretty certain the NHL season will be over by then uh, at that point, but I'm going to look up the Hab schedule right now. The biggest thing is, is that it, it sounds like we're not going to see Owen back in a Canadian's uniform this season, barring something catastrophic. And I'm taking a look here, February, March, April. Yeah. The Canadians do not play any games in May. Their last game of the season is, April 16th against the Red Wings, which means that if you were anticipating Owen Beck being as part of this, I have bad news for you. It does not appear that we are going to get to see Owen Beck wearing 62 and a halves uniform this year, which kind of stinks because I know a lot of people, especially with Christian Dvorak's injury, want to see Owen Beck get that shot. We love Owen Beck on this podcast. We have, but he's now going to a team that is also added a ton of OHL prospects. Saginaw is loading up their team as teams in the OHL do or around the CHL when they are hosting that tournament to try and win, even if they were not the best regular season team. They've also added Jorian Donovan, who was a Senators product. Rodwin Dianoko, who was playing for the Swiss team at World Juniors, stood out in a good way. They've added Owen Beck. Luca Delbel below his rights from, I believe he was playing in Mississauga as well. Uh, Josh Bloom, who was coming from Vancouver, and Alex Christopoulos. Saginaw has loaded up their team. And what this means for Owen Beck is that he's going from being the key center point in this team here to being another piece in there that he doesn't have to be the guy, which means we should should see some of that offense kind of step up a little bit. He's playing with uh, Michael Misa and Zane Parika, who um, Parika is supposed to go in the first round as a defenseman in this draft here. All of that's good news for people who are worried about Owen Beck's production He's not going to be the guy, but if he has to be, he's surrounded by much more talent now. Uh, This is probably the best news the Canadians could have hoped for. This is a huge thing for him to lead now this team potentially going into the Memorial Cup and OHL playoffs. And I'm happy to see him finally get into a situation uh, where he can finally start to shine and again, like he did in Mississauga before he was traded. Yeah, and I think that's kind of the thing is that like we have admittedly been quite silent on Owen Beck this season. We were a lot, we talked about him a lot more last season, um, and it just feels like he kind of faded into all the other stuff that was going on. Um, and we just kind of like for me, it's not that we didn't care about him; it's just that we assume that his baseline is a very high caliber OHL center, um, and you know, like there weren't really any major. Um, knocks or anything like that for a while so it was really just can he live up to his own potential and obviously um, he was the only returning uh, player for Team Canada at the World Juniors that happened for a reason right like I feel like yesterday I called um, I called Uri Slavkovsky he was becoming a reassuring player like I feel like Owen Beck is just always a reassuring player right and that's exactly what you want from that is that we're hoping that Owen Beck can become what uh, Philip Deneau was for this team become that defensive, yeah. yeah, that that pivot in Philip Deneau was playing like a top line center. Obviously, Nick Suzuki was here at the same time. But if Owen Beck becomes a stalwart defensive middle six center, like a Lars Eller type, a uh, Philip Deneau light type, becomes a really strong face off guy, defensive minutes guy, there, the Canadians are in a, in a good spot, especially with Kirby Doc also coming back next year and hopefully not suffering any ill effects from his knee injury, whomever they may draft this year and down the road there, it sets them up very well. We weren't getting to see the full 
Beckness of his game <laughs> because <laughs> because Peterborough was terrible or not. I shouldn't say terrible. They weren't as good as the team that he was playing on in Mississauga, where Owen Beck was really getting to show off some of that offensive flair with his other line mates. Because now, they were like, it, okay, they were just okay. Yes, it was it was just Owen Beck in Peterborough. It felt like this year, and I'm going to take a look at the standings here for the OHL. Something I should have done uh, before we recorded, but you know, this is where we're at. He is going. Peterborough is in last place in their in their division. Uh, behind Oshawa, Ottawa, Kingston, and Brantford. And he is going to a Saginaw team that is second in their division. And no matter what is hosting, uh, <clears throat> is going to be hosting the Memorial Cup. Like there's a chance that he they'd almost be one of the teams that might miss the playoffs in the OHL where most of them make the playoffs except for one or two teams uh, from each division. This is great news for Habs fans who are hoping to see more from Becker were disappointed now I think you're going to get to see a little bit more of that. Um, obviously, it gives you a reason to tune, further tune into the Memorial Cup as well if you weren't already going to be watching, and I assume you would be. But now there's a Habs prospect who will be full in focus on here. We're working on, like I said, getting an OHL expert on here to talk about you know the more ins and out, what this means for his game uh, with some of these players and what we should be able to expect from Owen Beck going forward in the OHL. Uh, I'm excited. Uh it just I'm glad to see that he's going to go somewhere that he might be able to show off his talents a little bit more. However, we are not done with Owen Beck, and we are not done with Montreal Canadiens prospects because the World Juniors have now come and gone. I'm going to take my brief uh, magnanimous victory lap, uh, and then we are going to do grading the Habs prospect at World Juniors, and that is going to be coming up in our next segment. But first, today's show is also brought to you by the folks at FanDuel. The NFL season has wrapped up. The playoffs are upon us, but there is still time to get in on the actual FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. The app's super easy to use, so when you hit your money line, the over-under, spread anything that you are betting on there you can cash out immediately and there's also things like live same game parlays you can find things in the explore tab to find what fits your needs for that day and you can make a parlay in the parlay hub the best way to find where people are finding the most popular parlays and you get paid immediately on an app that is safe secure and easy to use all you gotta do is visit fanduel.com slash locked on and make your first bet a layup with fanduel the official partner of the nfl and us here at locked on we are back here at Locked On Canadians, and World Juniors ended last week. I was uh, I was driving during this. I was actually watching the game in and out of accounts while I could while listening to it on the radio, and got home just as the gold medal game ended. As you will recall, Canada did not make the gold medal game or any medal game because they were eliminated before that because they made a whole bunch of bad decisions and now have to live with that for another like eight to nine months before they do all the stupid decisions again. And we have the same conversation again. So it's kind of like cheering for team USA generally. Yeah. I mean, yeah, but <laughs> I've never been one to not slander team USA for God's sake. I did it for the world cup of hockey uh, when that mattered for a little bit here. But the biggest thing is USA has what they won the gold medal in a game that was very close with the, with the, uh, I almost called them the Swiss, the Swedes in their home country until it wasn't 
because then the Canadian the Americans did the thing that they do sometimes where they're like, ah, we have a ton of talent. Why don't they just score goals? Are they stupid? And then they scored a bunch of goals, confirming they are not, in fact, stupid, and also got a year supply of Chipotle, which sounds just like the worst locker room you could ever possibly be in after a game. Uh, however, I, I am going to just do my little bit of loading now in that the Americans won a sport the Canadians invented, LOL Canada. I get to be on top for a year on this podcast because the first year we did this, I had to dramatically read the Canadian national anthem because the U.S. lost. They did not this year. They did not make me sad this year. Happy to see that. And the biggest thing out of all of this is Lane Hudson has that dog in him when he beat up a dude six inches taller than he was in the funniest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Uh, so I guess we should start there, Laura. We'll start. We'll start with the with the two gold medal winners for the Habs prospects. Uh, and we'll start with the goaltender, Jacob Fowler, who only played a handful of games in this tournament, but, you know, still continues to look like one for the future for the Canadians between the pipes. Yes. And that was the big thing for me is that he is obviously very new to this. He just got drafted um, and he he's somebody that Canadians fans are hoping that we can hang our hopes on uh, for the goalie of the future. This is a market where we are used to spectacular, you know, superstar goaltending. Uh, so, and that's happened over the course of history, right? So like, there's always pressure for whoever's in place now. There's even now, you know, in my three of three down yesterday, I talked so much about Samuel Montembeau and there's a lot of, you know, you know, this guy's not a number one superstar. I'm like, can we just calm down and get through this season? But if you are looking for a team to contend, you are looking for somebody to show you that brilliance. And what I think for me, what I noticed a lot about Jacob Fowler was it felt like he was playing maturely if that makes sense it, it's it's a hard thing for young goalies to like we saw it with Caden Primo a little bit we've seen it with other guys in that sometimes they're they're a little bouncy you know they're maybe not dialed in the way you want I'm I'm looking at his stats now but the Three recovery games, was better right yes 2.59 goals against 889 save percentage 3-0 and at the world juniors flawless no but also not terrible he he got some of the easier games where maybe he wasn't seeing as many shots because that's sometimes how these tournament goes i i look at what he did in this tournament he stepped in because i believe trey augustine was sick in one of those games that was expected to be a start for him not jacob fowler fowler stepped in handled the game pretty well with ease there perfect no but i'm happy to say that i would say b b plus is probably a pretty good grade for someone he only played three it's hard to judge goalies on this tournament because sometimes one hot goalie is just a world of difference. Like Slovakia, the year Dennis Godla basically willed them to a bronze medal in front right. of everyone. Or, you know, then there, there's like all the games where it's like 7-1, right? Like there's like all those, the situations where the lopsided um, quality of hockey really does skew the goalie stats more than anything else. And so I, I'm happy to see with what I saw there. He's obviously been playing pretty well at Boston College this year. I'm not anticipating him making a jump this year, but maybe after next year for sure. Uh, I believe he can actually go back uh, to World Juniors next year if I'm remembering correctly. Let me just check and see what his birthday is. I believe. I believe. No, he's not because he turned 19 old. in November, so he'll miss the cutoff date. So this was his only World Juniors, but I think we'll get to see him at BC again next year for sure. Uh, 
And the other gold medalist, uh, Lane Hudson, the topic of much, much discussion in the Canadians fan base here. Uh, the dude played half the game against Sweden and maybe without all the points, but so much else in his game shown through there that they kept putting him out there. I can't not give Lane Hudson an A for this tournament. He was outstanding. Even if he wasn't getting all the points that we expected, he was that guy for the Americans on the blue line. Right. And I also felt like there were a couple of games where they could have stood to have played him more. Um, you know, like, I guess they finally came to their senses. Uh, but I just, I was so impressed with the physicality that he displayed. That is definitely something where, like, we're more used to seeing speed. Um, and it is a best of the best tournament. So, like, it is, it, it's definitely a situation where you're not expecting there to be those grinding, um, low-quality hockey teams against him. But I don't know. I, I, I thought that he had a phenomenal tournament. And to be honest, like, I can't begrudge USA that gold medal. Like they worked really hard. They earned it, but like they took very talented players, including Lane Hudson. Yeah. He finished the tournament with 14 penalty minutes somehow. Uh, and six, six assists in seven games. So he wasn't exactly lighting up the score sheet with his shot, but he was, I believe he set up the pri He was the primary assist on what stood as uh, the gold medal. The eventual winning winner. Goal. Yeah. So, and also, like, to end the game, he got picked on by a dude. I was listening to this on the radio and listening to Mike Johnson's incredulous call of a guy who hadn't played the first two periods against Lane Hudson, who had played almost 30 minutes at that point, in which he goes to pick on him and then turns around and just houses this dude who is six inches taller than him. Lane Hudson is that guy. And all of his teammates were talking about it after the game, about how he's that guy. Uh, I, the, the hype for Lane Hudson is approaching levels that I don't think we've had since Cole Caulfield in terms of things. I'm so excited to see what's next. He's probably, I shouldn't say the best in terms of statistics, but I think he is my standout for the Habs in this tournament. Uh, we'll go to Owen Beck. Uh, Canada as a whole was disappointing. I think Beck didn't stand out, but that's not unique to him. I say if you gave him a C for this tournament, he did what he needed to be, but the rest of the team wasn't there. And you would hope that him as the returning player might be he able to carry them. take that, take that next step forward. And that's not what happened in this, but team Canada was disjointed uh, to say the least in this tournament. Well, this is my thing. I would have given him a B, but I would have given team Canada a D. Yeah, that sounds about right. Like, I, I mean, I'd give him an F because Canada is terrible and boo and hiss and all that. I promise I'm done making fun of Team Canada now. I'm not bullying teenagers. I don't think. Anyways, uh, it's just it's one part of just Team Canada's whole thing here was Owen Beck didn't look effective. No one on that team outside of Macklin Celebrini really looked effective in this tournament at all. And it's hard to win a tournament with one player when you're a bad when you're a good country let alone if you're a bad one and it just wasn't the year for it i'm interested to see what they do next year if they actually learn from this or not owen beck won't be there he will be playing in either the ahl or the nhl next year because he will be over the age of 20 at that and as we talked about in the first segment he's uh he's going to the memorial cup this year so uh final grade uh philip mashar playing for slovakia uh a lot of fans seem still don't seem high on Philip Mashar, and I don't know why. 
Uh, I thought he played really well. Yeah, I, I'm i happy to give Mashar an A for his tournament as well. Uh, Slovakia gave a lot of teams a scare in this tournament. Just turned 20 years old. He put up nine points in five games for Slovakia, wearing the A for them this year. Uh, tied for the team lead in scoring with Servak Petrovsky. I thought he played really, really well. And this was a team that also could have had Uri Slavkovsky on it, could have had Simon Demets on it, and didn't because they're obviously playing. Um, in the NHL. Minute. Yes. I really liked what Philip Machar did in this tournament. Him not being on their team of the tournament is wild to me because he should have been. Uh, this has just done more to re reassure myself that he's someone that I'm really excited about. He's going back to the OHL. He's got 32 points in 20 games there. He looks like a completely different player this season, more dominant, more assured in what he does. Uh, I'm happy to give him an A on that. Uh, how about yourself, Laura? Same, same. Absolutely. Like I honestly, like I want, I can't remember if it was Andrew Berkshire or if it was Hattie Kalakesh, but somebody made the point that like Philip Mishar would not receive, would receive the, sorry, the, um, praise that he's due if he were only a little bit taller and heavier i i think that's the infuriating part that if, if he was like six foot one would it be like wow he's he's going to be the next i think he's a very good player that a lot of people are sleeping on unfairly in this fan base uh we want to know your grades you can tweet us at lo underscore canadians for all the prospects playing in this tournament we want to hear from you we also want your mailbag questions for the end of the week LockdownCanadians at gmail.com or in the comments, just put mailbag question at the top of it. However, the injury bug has risen from the dead once again, this time striking the Laval rocket again. I'm going to get into that more coming up next. But first, our other sponsor today is the find folks at game time. It is sometimes so hard to find tickets for shows, concerts, sporting events that you want to go to and it can be so frustrating to try and find the seats that you want for a good price that you want only to be hit with hidden fees or maybe the seats aren't as good as you want well you can take all the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time right now they have last minute ticket deals flash deals zone deals for anything you're looking for and it's easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area and when you are looking you get the view from your seat so you are know what you are getting when you are going to buy there and there are no hidden fees. The price is what you see all in price to show your total upfront. So, you know, you're getting a great deal before you check out. And if you want an even better deal, download the game time app, create an account and use code locked on for $20 off your first purchase. Some terms may apply, create an account and redeem code locked on L O C K E D O N for $20 off with game time. Just download game time today. Last minute tickets, Lowest price guaranteed. We are back to wrap up the show here. We went prospect heavy on this because the Canadians are off for a little bit right now. And also that's what's mostly in the news with the Owen Beck trade going through me getting to come back and gloat about how America is the superior hockey nation to all the other under 20 hockey nations in the world for at least the next 10 months before this comes back to bite me on the butt at some point. However, some things are good, some things are bad with the Laval Rocket right now. They've won four games in a row, and the last time I checked, we're occupying the final playoff spot in the AHL's North Division after starting the year horrifically. That's great. That's wonderful. Jakob Dobish is playing well. 
Arbor Jacka and Logan Mayu have formed a great pairing. Joshua was finding his footing. Sean Farrell looked great. And then they went to go play again in Utica on Sunday. They that came back from visiting in-laws on the other side of the country. And within the first 10 minutes, immediately lost two players to uh, what are looking like longer-term injuries. Uh, Captain Gabriel Bork got blindsided by Samuel LaBerge, uh, which Riley McKay jumped in and decided to punch said man in the face. Bork is not expected to be playing on, I believe their game is tomorrow night. Uh, and Sean Farrell is looking like a longer-term injury as well. And he had just come back from a previous injury that cost him some of the end of 2023, came back to start this year. Uh, or the end came back towards the end of 2023 and was part of the reason why the rocket have found their footing again. Not great news. Emil Heineman is up with the Canadians on emergency recall. They also lost Brady keeper. So they are now down to, I believe six defensemen because defenseman Nicola Bodan would like an opportunity to apply his trade elsewhere where he can get more regular playing time, which is entirely fair. Uh, tough, Tough news for the Rocket. Sean Farrell's been great for them this season. Uh, I, I, I don't know what this organization did to deserve this level of injury bad luck. And it's not like it's a conditioning thing. He got tripped up in the corner and took an awkward fall. Bork got hit in the head. There's nothing you can do about that. Uh, but it's tough. And now I'm kind of wondering. It leaves the Canadians in a tough spot because there's not a ton of high-end talent now that they can recall uh, with Farrell out. It leaves mostly Leah Anderson and uh, Joshua Waugh right now, and I don't think they want to do that. I know that the Rocket are my area of expertise, Laura, but before I kind of get into what they might be doing, do you have any thoughts on how cursed this team is apparently this <laughs> season? It's honestly like it doesn't seem to be getting any better year over year. And, you know, we're only halfway through the season and we have seen so many injuries. I did not do the math to compare this year over last year at this point in the season. But it does feel, Scott, like Laval's only option or Montreal's only option is to make a trade for that position right now. Like that that seems to be the only option. And, and that's like that's going to be what I assume this is is that Nicola Bodan you know he was a big piece last year when he was traded for and he played a really big role in getting this team back on track when they desperately needed a uh, defenseman to step up on this team and this series kind of fallen out of favor with the coach Jack I and Mayu have been really good the uh, pairing of Toby Paquette-Bisson and William Trudeau have kind of settled in a little bit there they've done a lot to kind of right the ship there and Bodan is the odd man out. He may draw back in over Olivier Gallopo alongside uh, Matthias Norlinder on the third pair, but my thought is that they need forward help right now. They can call up guys from the Lions who are your fourth line, bottom six guys there, but they need a little bit more scoring touch there. And my thought is you take Nicola Baudin, who is a solid everyday AHL defenseman, can run your power play if you need him to, usually pretty reliable guy there, just fell out of favor. And my thought is they just make a trade there and they bring in somebody. Uh, and there was one thing that caught my eye. Uh, the Toronto Marlies currently have Kiefer Bellows on a PTO playing for their team. And I believe he has 13 points in uh, the games he's played there right now. If he's offered a contract, he can take that over uh, staying on a PTO if he wants to at that point. And I'm going to take a look here. 
He has 23 points in 24 games. My apologies. He has 14 goals and nine assists. That sounds exactly so, like the kind of players the Rocket could use. So not only would you be helping your team, you would also be screwing over a division rival. Yes. One that you are chasing for the final playoff spot, no less, too. Uh, whether or not he'd want to go play in Laval is unknown, but I think if they were to offer him a decent AHL contract, there's a chance he might take it because he's a former first-round pick now playing without a contract uh, at this point in time. So I'm I'm, I'm not too rattled about them making something happen. Ken Hughes has been very good about accommodating players who want – time to play or want to go, you know, be closer to their family or want to seek another opportunity. He wants to do what's best by them. I'm just curious of what that move is going to be because they need the help. Thank uh, you. It, I, I love Joshua Wada death and he's a guy that has a lot of weight on his shoulders. Yes. Brandon Juniak is playing well and Philippe Maillet is starting to play well. Leah Sanderson is still working, is coming back from injury. He doesn't play every game as he's recovering from that. This is a team that's having a lot of young guys step up. They need a little bit of help there. And when Sean Farrell comes back, guess what? You still got this other piece there. Uh, my hope is that it's a like, you know, day to day, not a week to week, month to month thing for Sean Farrell, who I think has had an underrated season. When he's been healthy, he's been great. The issue is he's just gotten banged up a little bit in the AHL this year. But you got to look for guys like Jared Davidson and Riley Kidney to step up now, the young defense to continue to do that. Uh, the Rocket play again, I believe, on Wednesday night. Uh, I will be very curious to see what happens between the time this episode is recording a uh, quarter after eight on Monday, January 8th and before puck drop at that game there, if they get somebody signed to a veteran PTO, like they would Devonte Smith Pelly, or if they make a trade at this point, uh, the 9 a.m. news drop from Kent Hughes, 8.30 a.m. news drop. I, from Kent I was going to say probably, I wouldn't be shocked if something happens late tonight too. Because they like to surprise everybody, and they can just bury it in that Flyers trade that happened. So <laughs> uh, we are going to be wrapping up the show today. We will be back tomorrow. We've got plenty of games to preview this week. Potential. We'll have more news around the NHL at this point, I'm sure. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Canadians. You can follow Laura at The Active Stick. You can follow myself at Scott Matla. Uh, when you're done checking us out, check out Lockdown Sports Today, the 24-7 stream of all of our local experts and more until next time folks we will see y'all then